everybody, welcome to episode 18 of Making It. I'm Bob Claggett. I'm here with David Picciuto, the drunken woodworker, and Jimmy Duresta, the Jimmy Duresta. <laughs> uh, thanks for being with us today. Uh, before we get rolling, I want to ask you guys to go to iTunes if you listen to it there. Leave us a, ra- a review and a rating. That really helps us out quite a bit. Uh, it gets us up you know, in front of more people. Hopefully, you can help us get some sponsors, all that stuff. Um, also, if you want to help the show, you can go to patreon.com slash making it. And we have some really, really awesome patrons there, people that support us on a regular basis and are just great. Uh, so I especially want to thank Luis Gonzalez, Matthew Dickinson, Rick Rhodes, and Chris Kopp. Those are, are like our top contributors over there. So awesome. And this week we have we got a lot of donations from really cool people. Mm-hmm. Like a lot. And, <laughs> Thank you. And, and we're really grateful. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that to brag or anything. Like, we're really grateful. Um, Thank so you, guys. So I, I want to name those guys off. Joseph Mensch, who's, who's a friend of the show. Awesome guy. Very gracious. I Thank talked you. to Joe this week about a project. Nice oh, guy. Oh, good. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's great. Love so th- Thanks, man. Uh, Tor Selden. Sawyer and John Christensen and Benjamin Diagno. I'm sorry if I messed your name up. I don't know how to say that, but I think it's Diagno. Anyway, um, so yeah, thanks to all those guys. Awesome. And uh, Sawyer and John, Jimmy, those are the guys with the uh, that make the trailers. trailers. Oregon trailers. Yes, they make yeah. these awesome, awesome trailers. And I told them that I wanted one that could house six people so i don't know if they can do that <laughs> but anyway so yeah yep. if anybody uh is interested in like a pull behind trailer that's super compact and all that stuff yeah. you know they're I'm not- advocating for those guys i'm trying to i'm trying to get those guys set up with some of my contacts we'll see if it works out for them they're really sweet guys they've written me some really nice emails so guys thank you very much awesome yeah they, they should go I'll, I'll put a link to them in the show notes and they're not a sponsor or anything but they are contributors so anyway um so let's uh talk about what we're working on because i don't know if we have anything else to talk about <laughs> jimmy what did what, what did you do you just got back right yeah well uh, this week i was in louisville i went and installed the distillery model and dave and i drove out to louisville last week and uh last friday and we drove we got to louisville on saturday sunday we got to drop the model off at the distillery and we put it in place and we realized it just kind of looked wimpy in the spot and so me and the client and a couple of people had decided that it needed to be on a base. So the next day we went, the next day being Monday, this past Monday, we went and bought some materials and we built a 12 foot long, 24 inches deep by 18 inches high rolling base, which you'll see in the video. I don't show me making it, but it just I just introduced it in the video. We spent the day putting that together. We made it out of oak. It came out really nice. And so it really lent itself to the look of this old science museum uh, flow chart. And that was the look we were going for, like this old science like display model. Mm-hmm. And uh, so putting it on the base was the smart decision because we were going to mount it on the wall, but then we realized what if, because it's really difficult. They're making over the whole bullet distillery. They've done a beautiful job, but they're also getting ready for, for Derby. And Bob, you probably mm. know like the the uh, oh, yeah. excitement around Derby in Kentucky is crazy. So they're getting ready for the Kentucky Derby and they rearrange in the distillery. They're kind of like everyone's putting on their best sh- show face and getting the place in order because there's lots of celebration that takes place. And so we just decided to have it on a rolling base, which makes life a lot easier because if they want to rearrange it, it's not fastened to the wall, which is what we were about to do. So mm. I worked on that this week and uh, uh Started some other projects. I made a vintage sign over. They had this old sign that was hanging in the distillery. So I remade that sign. 
just prior to me leaving. So there'll be a video on that as well. And then I hung that sign inside of uh, where it goes in the distillery. Um, yeah, so uh, it was just, uh, it was a little difficult. It was a little bit of a difficult week for me because I was there working at the workshop that we have there. And the guys that don't do the same amount of work that I do, they just have sort of like a like a scaled down set of tools. So every time I turned around, I needed this, I needed that, I needed this. So needless to say, lots of trips to the big stores, you know, the big box stores, the the red, the uh, the orange one and the blue one. Uh, visited both of them like ten times just to get <laughs> everything we needed, and uh, so it was a little frustrating. Where you know, it really it kind of was an eye opener, realizing like. I put as many tools in my truck as I thought I needed, but the absolute, every time I turned to do something, the one thing I needed was the one thing that I didn't have and neither did they. So we had to go and buy it. So all in, you know, I was able to save the day a few times with my leather man and some wire. <laughs> nice. Some what, what epoxy. Was it, what was it like um, filming out of your element? Because I mean, uh, well, obviously working with different tools, that's one thing, but uh, trying to film it too. Oh, well, you know what? It's funny. Uh, I didn't film too much. Uh, we, Dave and I got a couple of shots of us bringing the model in and kind of then, then the next day we had the base ready. So we brought the base in. So a couple of shots of us just bringing the base in. So there'll be a quick montage of us just kind of bringing the model in and then a couple of little shots of us putting it together. I'm trying to remember. I don't even think we shot anything of us really putting it together. Mm. Um, so it's probably just going to kind of dissolve to it finished. I have so much footage on this project. I'm afraid it's going to be too long. So it'll probably end up being like a 20-minute video, maybe a little less. And uh, so once I kind of get the vibe that I know I have too much footage, I kind of reel it in a little bit. So once there's like redundancies of us like moving it around, I just do like a couple of quick shots, literally like probably 30 seconds of video of us moving it and then rolling in the big long table we made, a couple of shots of us putting it on. And then we get it, then like it'll just cross dissolve to it being done. All the little details are just sort of redundant to the things that we did in the New York City shop. And uh, so uh, then Dave and I experimented for a couple of hours trying to get like some good beauty shots. And then um, I've been experimenting with inspired by, you know, one of my YouTube uh, heroes is Casey Neistat. Casey's been doing a lot of time lapse and you saw my True Fuel video. I did the time lapse of the sun going down over the house. And so Mm -hmm. I was inspired by Casey. He's been doing it a lot lately. And so I try to experiment a little bit with with the time lapse. So I shot a time lapse of the sun going down through the windows where the model is. Because we couldn't get a good shot because there was a really bright daylight right behind the model through the windows. So we, we, kept, we kept getting hazy, like overexposed shots, which kind of looked good in, the, in, in their own way. So I set up a time lapse of the sun going down behind it. So I haven't even looked at that yet. So mm-hmm. that could look pretty cool. You know, so that like once the model's done, cross dissolve to like the, the time lapse of the sun going down and then some beauty shots. And, and we'll, see, we'll see what it looks like. You know, I, and then I shot some some footage in and around the distillery, you know, some of the vintage uh, elements and some of the rick houses, which actually still have tons of barrels in them. So maybe that'll be like the setting. Like, like obviously we're out in New York and then we're in Kentucky. Yeah. And then, then shots of the model coming in and then cross dissolve to it being done. So that last final sequence is probably going to be 20 seconds all in, maybe 30 seconds all in for those final few shots. <clears throat> hmm. And we'll see. So, you know, it's, uh, I got a lot, I got a lot of work. And then, the other thing I've been working on, it really, just mentally, is my Make Magazine book, which is is going to really take up a lot of time. I have a lot to do for that, so that's a lot of work. We decided we decided that the Brompton sign that I made is going to be one of the projects in there. So, oh, nice. Yeah. So that's what were you going to say, Dave? I was going to say, how do you feel after that after that project? 
Out of the the Louisville project? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. I mean, you know, I just feel like I just handed in a term paper. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that feeling when you just like, you know, you, you, you BS'd your way through a book report and, you know, you're going to get a good grade. You know, that's how I feel. So, I mean, you just did this big project that you had to travel across the country and did, yeah. do the install. And now you're back home. I, I, you take a day off to kind of recalibrate or do you go right into the next project? Oh, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, probably chill a little bit this weekend i'm gonna go up to the house and we have to get the house ready we have renters coming so i have to get the house ready but that that's kind of fun relaxing work you know being up in the country and yeah hopefully it's not cold i I just i literally just got home a couple hours ago you guys know that and i drove all the way from louisville through pennsylvania and it was like 30 degrees the whole time like (laughs) whoa crazy the hell is going on i don't know 32 degrees (laughs) We had a nice weather last week, and then this week it's been very cold here in the Midwest. Yeah, it's it's insane. So anyway, I'm settled back in New York, and uh, I uh, I have to jump right into my my Make Magazine projects, and then also, of course, start to sift through and edit. And uh, I don't have a tips video this week because of logistics and time. Dave and I have the next thing we're going to do is going to be uh, drill drilling and drill press tips. Mm. So that's we we spent the week just talking that up and you know trying to exhaust all of our ideas on that so that when we go to shoot it, everything's buttoned up and ready to go. So oh and by the way, Dave is still in Louisville. Dave came with me, and they needed him for a few extra days. I had to be back to teach my class tomorrow, so Dave's going to fly home. He was going to drive home with me, but last night they decided to keep him because there's still a lot of stuff to do before Derby. Well, so he's there now. The Derby isn't that only like a. 60 second long event. Yep. Right. Is yep. there any before or <laughs> afters? Yeah. The whole town turns into a big party. Okay. Yeah, it's just a well, big excuse to have a big like event. Week. Oh yeah. There, I think there are multiple races. I've never actually been to it, but there are multiple races oh, okay. within the day, but the, the main, you know, okay. event is just one race. Gotcha. So people aren't traveling across the country and then watching the 60 second event and then going home. Uh, yeah. No, they're dra- traveling across the country and then drinking for like two days <laughs> yeah. and then watching a horse race and then drinking for another day and then going home. Gotcha. Yeah, it's like the whole city flips upside down, apparently. And yeah. every celebrity in the whole world ends up in Louisville, it seems, for those couple of hours. Like, there's pictures all over the place of every celebrity you've yeah. ever seen in Louisville. And, you know, if it's a female, she's got a big floppy hat on for the Derby Day. Mm-hmm. and. You know, if it's a guy, it's like him with every restaurant owner. Every restaurant you go in has pictures of every celebrity with the restaurant owner. <laughs> Jimmy, is your picture up on any restaurant wall? <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely. I will tell you, I, I, I'm going to shout out to, to uh, Bill in Woodcraft in Louisville. I walked into Woodcraft to buy epoxy for a project we we're working on. And Bill knew me from the videos. And oh, he nice. A lot of nice things to say about all of us. He's a really sweet guy. Super nice guy. And so I, I get to hang out with the, one of our fans for a few minutes. Nice. Very nice guy. And, oh, uh, I also wanted stuff. to say that my parents, so, so my, my family is about 45 minutes from Louisville. My parents were going to be in Louisville while you were up there, and they went to the distillery to try to find you. And Oh, was that you who was texting me? You didn't know that was me? Yeah, I was sending you a text. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so but you thought some. Through, I didn't know that was you because it was coming through an email. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, my parents... Through, it wasn't coming through my text message. It was coming through an email. It said AT&T translated, download. And then it was little tiny fine type on the phone. It says, my parents might be at the distillery. Are you there? I'm like, well, 
I just, I'll be there tomorrow. Like, I just thought you were a fan. I didn't know it was you. <laughs> I don't know who you are. I wasn't being rude, was I? No, no, no. But it's funny. But, I had no idea it was you. I wish I wish I would have known it was you. You could have just yeah. called me. Well, anyway, they, they they were up there and they were like, oh, yeah, we'll we'll go by the distillery. And I guess the it was kind of closed down. So, yeah, they close. I think they close at like five o'clock, maybe four o'clock. Yeah, for the for the tours. Oh, I wish I would have known. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I, I there's not. I was at the workshop. We have a an offsite workshop now. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, last year when I did my stool video, which is Dave, incidentally, how I met you because mm-hmm. I made my stool video in the Louisville workshop, and then since the the distillery had a, ma- a huge makeover, they took our shop. Well, well, they took the shop that I work in. It's not my shop. It belongs to the guys that hire me. Uh, my friends at Proof Media. So uh, Proof Media had their shop in there. And they took it over and made it uh, a small craft distillery, which is where my model went. And um, so wherever I made my my stool video last year is now completely renovated and they kicked them off the property. So now the wood shop is like a few miles away. So last year I was right in the middle of everything. This year we're like five miles away. So everything we do, we got to prepare it and then bring it over. Anyway, that being said, I wouldn't have been around anyway. <laughs> gotcha. The the story behind the the stool video was I did a, a shop stool, I don't know, a little over a year ago maybe, and mine yeah. was out of out of plywood, and then I made a template, an MDF template, and then uh, did the a router around it to cut out all the pieces, and then uh, you know a couple weeks later I get this message on on the video saying. From Jimmy saying, "Hey, I didn't mean to rip you off. I, I just, I'm just now seeing your video or something like that, right?" Yeah, I did basically the same exact thing you did. But then, it, it, I, I, if I ever come up with an idea for a video, I always Google it just to make sure I don't duplicate somebody else's concept, just so it doesn't look, you know. So, or if it is out there and I do see it, I try and bring something new to it. And then after I was working in such a rush, when I finally posted it, I'm like, well, let me see if anybody else did something like this. <laughs> and you did something almost exactly the same, except you, I think you had a square top and I had a round top. Mm-hmm. And that was really the only difference. And um, so I wrote to you and I said, hey, I didn't mean to rip you off. I just, you know, it was just parallel thinking. And then, you know, we just immediately just started just chit-chatting. Mm-hmm. You were totally cool about it. You didn't troll me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting, though. Like this past week, I am, uh, man, we are, we are all over the place today. Um, this past week, I saw two different posts by two different people of projects that have been on my list for well over a year. Yeah, I it's, saw it's one like, as well, this week as well. Exactly something happened. So happened. disappointing. You know, I'm like, man, I keep putting that off and keep putting it off. And like now it would just look like I was ripping somebody else off, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. But that, the, uh, Make Magazine put up a really great video of a guy doing like a, a leather case. Did you guys happen to see it with wooden sides? No. It's a leather It's a leather computer case with the wooden sides. It's exactly like if you saw the, when you see the video, ultimately, the sketch in my notebook is exactly the same. It's exactly <laughs> the same thing. And it was going to be, it's actually going to be one of the, it was the one I was intending on using in the book, but now I'll just redesign it. I have a couple of other ideas. But it's, and it's something that I saw at the Stilson shop here in New York. So at the Stilson shop in New York, they have tons of vintage stuff on the wall and it's all for sale, but it's like extremely overpriced because it's all like one of a kind things from like the twenties and thirties. So they have this, this uh, leather bag with wooden sides and like furniture tacks. So, and it's really well-worn. It's got to be 60, 70 years old. It's a beautiful piece. And I was just going to kind of duplicate that in a different, in a different configuration. And it was going to be a skinny bag. And this guy made very close to the exact same thing I was going to do. 
but that can turn into something good because now you might go yeah. and redesign something and you might yeah. even like your new design better. Cause I had a, a similar thing happen to me this week. We're, we're, we're going to go all over the place today since we don't have a yeah. topic. So, um, we got a, a, a new fancy coffee maker. We're big time coffee snobs in our, in our house. And, um, we, and we have a Keurig and, uh, we, we drink tea. So we wanted to, we talked about building, I'm talking to me and my wife, um, wanted to build a little station to put all this coffee place, all this coffee stuff in one place. And I'm like, Oh, that sounds awesome. I wanted, I've been wanting to do a bigger project for a while. You know, people have been asking for a bigger project, so I'll do this. And I draw it all up and it's a very traditional looking cabinet. It's got two doors and a drawer and then a top to put all the machines on. And then I show Kelly and she's like, oh, that's nice. And, and oh. <laughs> she said it in a really nice way, but I could tell like, this is not what she was thinking. And she's like, she, she mentioned something something about mid-century modern we both like that that type of design and so i'm like all right i'm going to redesign this so i did a completely new design um but all in sketchup so everything is com um completely designed from every single hinge to the compartments in the drawer and everything and then uh, uh i actually like my new design even better so now Ooh. i have these two different designs i i've already gone ahead and started building the the mid-century modern version the case is done. It's actually sitting right outside my door here, airing out because uh, it's getting painted. And um, so it was like one of those things like I'm kind of glad that she didn't like it. She didn't say she didn't like it, but I, I could tell she was yeah. not as you got a excited. Push. Yeah, you I got a little push. push. A, and yeah, not, now I'm good. much happier. But I still want to do the traditional one because it has like tongue and groove doors. Um, <clears> and and um that's the one you sent me a picture of? That's one I sent you a picture of. I had a yeah, question because cool. the, the face frame, the way I have it was there was no separation between the drawer and the two doors. And yeah. I was like, everything that I see, there's there's usually some separation. And I and so I sent Jimmy a picture saying, hey, is there any issues with this? And you came back with some, um, you know, with some great feedback. You're like, well, you got to make sure the doors have something to stop close against. up. But yeah, stop against. And um door slides these days can can probably handle yeah left and have. right only yeah. yeah so i think i'm still going to do that first design um just down the road because i've already made up the plans and i'm 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 kind of happy with it so i might try to build it and then try to sell it we'll see i've never i've never built a piece of furniture and then tried to sell it so hmm. have you guys been keeping up with matt cremona's uh oh man base? yeah I mean, I know I Matt. If you listen, an incredible job. Uh, oh. I don't know if I commented, but I keep meaning to. But incredible that 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 piece is just insane. I just every time I see it, it reminds me of Thomas Jefferson and uh, you know John Adams. It's like from that era. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy how much because he's been putting the finish on it, and I, I have lost track of what finish he's using or any of that stuff. But it's crazy how used to seeing pictures of it without finish. I got like I just had the, a vision of like what it was going to look like. You know, with that certain tones of the wood and all that stuff. And then when he put that finish on it, it just popped. Like the grain is all over the place. It looks yeah. beautiful. I don't know. It looks like that big knotty grain right on the two front panels, like kind of book matched. It's really beautiful. His use yeah. of like selecting where to put what, what grain is great. Yeah. yeah, And that's like, I think if, if you're a woodworker, you can get intimidated doing something big like that. But as long as you know your basic skills, you can do all that stuff. But what, 
Matt took this a step further and he actually like cut down the trees, dried the wood, yeah. pick out the wood. And the way he um, chose the grain for each different piece was just phenomenal. And this dude's really young. Like he like wood as woodworkers, that's what we want to accomplish before we die. And this, this dude's doing it at such a young age and he's yeah. so amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. Really, inspire me. I'm gonna I'm gonna get an Alaskan mill and a and a, and a really good chain. So you guys see my chainsaws. They're kind of rinky dink. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a good chainsaw in the next couple of months. Nice. So I can start doing stuff like that. What were you gonna say, Bob? Uh, I'm, just, I'm I'm looking forward to what he's gonna do next. You know, he's been working on that for well longer than he's been on YouTube. I think maybe, but hmm. yeah, he's been working on that for a long time. And I know he's got some cool stuff coming up. I'm just really excited to see him. You know, take on another. Another big project. Yeah. I'm excited to see myself take on another big project too. It's been kind of a, <laughs> kind of a slow uh, month for me. What's going but, on with that table that you uh, that you've been previewing? Uh, yeah, it's done. Um, the videos are all ready, and so I don't know when they're going to go up, but yeah, that's done. And and I'm I've, I'm getting a lot of pressure from people about the arcade machine, so <laughs> I'm going to do it. I mean, I've got a bunch of other stuff that I'm also trying to do, but. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get started on that soon because people right keep asking for it, and I keep having to say, "I promise it's coming." But you know, are you gonna do? You know, one thing I always was impressed with as a kid the graphics on those machines, like Pac Man and all those other like, mm-hmm. those like, kind of yeah. vintage. the The graphics look just like spray stencils. Yeah. So if you do like a mix of the graphics, you could if let's say if you painted the whole thing black, and then you just cut out some big sort of chipboard stencils and just spray painted. With like well, literally a can of like Krylon or what I, I what I'm planning on doing. I've got a good Montanical. friend who's um he's a an awesome illustrator. His name's Dave Montez, and um he he drew a picture one time. I had him draw a picture of my entire family as superheroes. So it's my <laughs> wife cool. and I. The she's like, yeah, she's like in her like roller derby superhero garb, and I don't remember what my costume is, but you know the kids. And then we ended up having another kid, so the picture's not accurate. <laughs> Anyway, so I'm going to get him to It's an do, easy fix. Yeah, probably. Um, I think I'm going to get him to do Get the rid of the kid. <laughs> Sorry. That's not the That's not the easy fix. That's that's the more difficult. <laughs> but yeah, I think I'm going to get him to do the art. I've talked to him a little bit about it. Um, and that'll be like a full color print, you know, top to bottom okay. probably. Um, and and I'm also thinking about maybe Maybe painting the whole thing a color rather than black. So right. for a long time, I was going back and forth between you know like standard black arcade cabinet that kind of makes sense. But and then I was like, well, that's going to be really common. And then I was going the other all the way the other direction, thinking oh, I could do the whole thing, you know, finished wood. So it's all you know stained or really nice, you know, whatever. And then I was like, well, that would be kind of a cool idea, but it wouldn't actually translate well, and it wouldn't take graphics on the side at all. So I think I'm going to go somewhere in the middle and paint it, but do like a blue or, you know, something just like really out there. Make it, it's already you know, gonna be huge in my living room. So I'm just going to go ahead and. I picture your logo, your, your, your M with the, mm-hmm. with the circuitry on it, like super big and like cropped and hanging off the sides a little bit. Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like kind of like big and too big, but like yeah. just missing off the edges. Right. Will you do the, um, I don't know what it's called, but on those old machines, uh, all the edges had some sort of like plastic edge banding that, that oh, went yeah. around it. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's like a shelf edging. You could, you could, if you get a router bit that has just like a, a blade, you could router bit the edge and then that stuff has like a little 
prong on it the whole length. Yeah. And you bang it into the into the cup. I probably will do that. The only other thought I'd had was I really want to try to work in a bunch of electronics to the cabinet itself. And so I thought about maybe facing that whole strip like up both sides with um, maybe EL tape, which is like a oh yeah a flat you know electrical tape that glows. And when it's turned off, it'll look kind of just like a white stripe. When it's turned on, it'll glow blue or red or whatever, you know. <laughs> oh, so, uh, you know, there's a bunch of stuff like that. And then I've got all these plans for making the case itself reactive, having some sensors hidden in it so you, like, walk up and it lights up or, oh, you know, man. stuff like that. So awesome. it's I'm, I'm definitely overdoing it. I'm definitely going to waste more time than I should on it. But yeah, Are you, you going to? When I was a kid, there was always cigarette burns near all the buttons. Are you going to put an ashtray on? <laughs> <laughs> huh. No? Yeah, okay. No one smokes anymore. So yeah. <laughs> I but always I noticed looking- that. Uh, they all had the cigarette burns on the Because it had usually would have like, like if it was like um, Tetris. I can't remember the name of the games. Like they would have like a, a graphic. So the backs, the sides would be sprayed. But where the key buttons are. Would have like a laminate that was kind of wrapped and held down under the buttons, like a laminate yeah. of like vinyl with graphics printed on it, and they were always melted because some <laughs> dummy left a cigarette melt. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I probably won't try to recreate that phenomenon. On my- <laughs> <laughs> but like you know, drink rings on the on the sides of it yeah. on the top and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I am looking forward to starting that though. It's been a long time coming, and it's going to be a big project. You know, one of the bigger ones that I've done. So nice. <clears throat> pretty cool. Speaking of electronics, I started today, um, just to go off in an entirely different direction, I started today um, working with this little thing. You guys might be interested. You might not. It's called a Teensy, and I'm showing it that every, anybody listening can't see this. But What is that? That looks like a little chip. It is a chip, and it's as big as my thumb. So, you know, for reference, this whole thing is as big as my thumb, and it's a full Arduino on this little chip. And so you can hook up pretty much anything that you could hook up to an Arduino into this tiny little thing. And it's, you know, powered, has a USB port on it. That's the only port it has. It has one button. But it's crazy to me how big the Arduino feels next to something like this. And when you get something this small, you can embed it in anything. And so I've got a project coming up where I'm not going to talk about yet. But (laughs) uh, (laughs) Teaser. Yeah. If it works, it's going to be really cool. So, and what? And what? Uh, what is? What? Who? Who makes it? Is it from Out of Fruit or? Uh, no, the company is called PJRC. I think. It, yeah, that's the name of the company, and it's Teensy T E N S Y. So anybody that's looking for you know a, a really tiny microcontroller to do something with, hmm. um, and this was a recommendation from Jesse Houston, who's like <laughs> a listener yeah. and a, all around good guy. He sent me a bunch of stuff, but this is uh, he's working on a project and. He's using this, and so he recommended it. But anyway, I, I, I was soldering it up today, and I'm just blown away at how small some of this stuff is getting. And when you think about building projects with like embeddable electronics, something this small can just take it to a whole new level. So, could you embed that? Let's just say if you if you made that and you get all your electronics where you wanted it, could you throw that into like a puddle of resin and let it cast away and like just be solid, or will that damage the circuitry? You'll never get it back, obviously, and you would yeah. be re- you know what I'm saying? Know. If you flooded that with with resin, would that be would that be damaged? Would it damage this? I don't know. I, I can't imagine that it would. I mean, it shouldn't. Resin it's, shouldn't be conductive at all. So yeah, it's solid state, right? Yeah. There's, there's yeah. no moving parts on that. No, there's no. I mean, there's a button on it that you know. I don't. It's like a reset button, but I don't no. think you would have to be able to get to that as long yeah, as you can I, cut power off. 
Yeah, no, I was just curious. It's just thinking about hmm. like if you make some kind of arrangement that like blinks or flickers and just throw it into resin. Hmm. Bet it, but that would probably be counterproductive. You wouldn't really need to do that unless you were making like an electronics bar top or something. Yeah, half of it would just be dummy stuff. Well, most of well, it. and these are pretty inexpensive. I mean, I, this thing I think was maybe nineteen dollars or something. Oh wow! You know, which is actually cheaper than the Arduino. They're twenty twenty five something like that. But I don't know. It's pretty cool. There, the Arduino world is expanding in every direction. It's kind of crazy. You know, they they started out with a one board, and now they're I don't even know how many variations, all different sizes, different form factors, different processors, and different amounts of inputs and outputs. And, you know, I mean, it's just, it just goes in a lot of different directions, which is great because it can be used for a lot of different types of things. It's great. I think it's also a little confusing, too, that there are so many directions and you don't know where to start. Yeah. Well, for anybody who's interested, um, the Arduino Uno is the core initial that's the arduino one so when people talk about arduino that's probably what they're talking about it's called the uno and um i think i'm going to do one of my maker 101 videos pretty soon on microcontrollers on the arduino specifically and just maybe explain like you know what it's for and what you can do with it from a really basic perspective because i think people just don't realize that it's actually really simple it's just a takes inputs and sends outputs is really all it is. So, you know, you can add sensors to one side and and then on the other side of it, you can drive things, drive speakers or motors or, you know, that's essentially all it does, you know. So, but yeah, for anybody looking to get started, the Uno is the one that you probably want. Yeah, that's the one I had. I started with it, but I haven't finished up my lesson. I have to get back into it. Yeah, I I just been waiting. Like I said, when I very first started playing, I was just going through the Arduino cookbook. But what I really need is, you know, and we say this all the time, I need a project that I can Mm -hmm. exercise the the concepts through, you know, the microprocessor. Like if I want this to happen and that to happen, and I just haven't really had a chance to get to that point. You should have made the uh, the still like interactive. Made it well. That's actually we we talked about it when we looked at it. Um. I'll tell you, partly time was an issue. And then also it, I was intimidated by yeah. the idea of put, you know, putting that in there with the time. And then, you know, uh, if, if someone like, you know, if you, for instance, were, were closer, I definitely would have said like, how can we make this interactive, figure it out? I'll work on this part. You work on that part, right. you know, but it just, there was, just wasn't enough time to even like, so I completely left out the interactive net nature of it. And I kind of pushed the old timey look. So that it looks like something you would see in like in a science lab from the 1920s or 30s. <laughs> and that's really, that was, I was pushing that more than, because the idea of making it interactive was one of the very first things we talked about. But when you do see it all in, in place, like once we put it in, uh, my, my buddies uh, that, that hired me to do it, looked at, they stepped back and they looked at it and we put some spotlights on some of the key elements. When we stepped back and looked at it, everyone's like, not really, it's like, even though it's it's long at twelve feet, it's still it, you're looking at the whole thing in one shot. We thought there would be this experience where you'd like walk down the twelve feet and you'd understand every section of it, which I think is a little impractical ultimately. Hmm. But if if we did put anything in it, we would just highlight maybe some of the plaques. But then you know, like I said, because it's so vintage looking, it would almost seem incongruous with having lights oh, and stuff yeah, on. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? So like I t- pushed it in the other direction specifically because I was a little intimidated having to try and make it interactive. You know, if, if we really thought it through to make it interactive, I would have had like little clear light boxes and things that had, you know, some more modern approaches to it. Mm-hmm. And, and instead, 
each one of the uh, the things are called out with a brass plaque that I carved on the you know on the shop bot. So the plaques look like they're old. And purely coincidental, while we were in the distillery, Dave pointed out a plaque that was on something else, which looks almost identical to the ones I made. Just nice. coincidentally, yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit of a different font. But, I mean, I might have seen that before, which is why I was subconsciously inspired to make them the way I did. Um, so it, it fits in perfectly with, 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 with what was there. So, I, so I, I don't want to put you on the spot. But yeah, go ahead. It's really interesting to hear you of all the people that I know, say that you were intimidated to try to work something into a project. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> is, does that happen? I mean, does that happen often? Like, it happens to me all the time. So, Oh, no, definitely. Like, if, like I said, the clients were saying, let's figure out how to make it interactive. And I knew immediately, I'm like, there's no time for that. Because yeah. we, the timeline, the build timeline was like three to four weeks. And in the middle of that three to four weeks, I had something else to completely take up like a full week I had to do something completely different. And uh, so I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, how is this going to be interactive? And then that opens, that opens up the door to a lot of conversation, which is just going to eat up time. Mm. If I laid out a map of like, okay, when you walk by this light goes on and then you touch that button, this light goes on. And then someone's going to say, you know what, what if you did that? And then all of a sudden you have too many ideas to corral, right. You know, between me and the client and the timeline. So we're managing all those things at the same exact time. So I just, I do like my classic circumvent. I just go completely around everything that's going to potentially cause time lapses and problems. And like I said, the very beginning of the project was, okay, let's put lights and sounds and blah, blah, blah. And then after I thought about it for a minute, I'm like, there's going to be too many opinions and not enough time. Opinions are great, but if we had the time to map it out and make decisions and what is the artwork going to look like that's going to light up and that's going to turn off and what are the sounds going to be? So I just said, let's just make it look like an old time flow chart that you would see in an abandoned classroom. Yeah. David, so what, the, about, what, what about you? Do you have any, have you had any things like that where it's just like you wanted to do a certain thing, but you were intimidated, I guess, partially by the time, but maybe just by the actual thought of doing it? Yeah. And I, all, all the time. And some, sometimes it's just, it's not, maybe in, intimidation is not the right word. It's the, I don't want to sit down and figure out how to use this new tool or learn this new technique. And um, so this project that I'm working on this week, I used the Festool Domino for for the very first time. I've had it for a couple months now, but I finally got to use it. And I'm like, I I have to sit down and actually learn how to use it. So I went and watched the videos and I was learning, you know, what this does and and how to set it up and everything. And I finally did it. I'm like, oh yeah, that was real easy. Right. I, I should have done this. Over all, the hump. Yeah, I should have done this a long time ago because this made this project super simple. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and I'm always, I've got lots of projects that I want to do in in the future. Um, m- many of them are CNC related, and I haven't done them yet because there's like, oh, I got to learn how to do this other thing first, and that yeah. sometimes delays the pro the project. You know. Yeah. No, that's it, it, intimidation is is definitely interchangeable with just setting aside the time to, to learn something new. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely, you know, I'm intimidated because I just know I need to devote so much time to -hmm. learning. It's not that I couldn't learn it. It's just like, Oh, I got so many other obligations that for me to learn it in that, in this time frame is going to be, or like I said, I'll just hire somebody that knows how to do it and say, come in and do this. I'll garnish some knowledge while you do it. And (laughs) yeah, you know, when the time is right, I'll do that type of project on my own, Mm. but I'm, you know, 
Bob, do you have any examples of? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the the teensy thing that I was talking about. I, I started messing with that today for the first. I've had that thing for three or four weeks now, and I've been putting this project off because I didn't want to figure out how to run a certain type of LED strip off this little you know board. And finally today, I was like, okay, well, I got to at least start it with it. You know, so it was a matter of just getting it hooked up, getting the software installed. I didn't really do anything, but I'm actually further along than I was this morning. You know, so I'm a little bit closer to the the end goal, even though I still have a lot of things that I have to learn along the process. And the arcades is the same way, really. It's I know most of the things I have to do to make that project work, but the sheer like volume of stuff is intimidating. You know, it's if I, t- if I had to do a project that yeah, it's confronting it. If I had a project to do that it was any one of those things, it, I'd, it'd be done. But it's the fact that that project is the collection of a whole bunch of stuff, you know. Yeah. And I mean, I've always been one that like I'll, I'll I don't procrastinate too much, but if I think I have to do this thing and this thing is going to take more time than I have right now, then I'm going to put it off. You know, like I would rather find something else that I can fit into that gap and get something to be productive in this time. And so what I kind of like what you were saying with the festival, like I, I'll, when I finally get around to it, I do it and I go, oh, well, I didn't take any time at all. Like I should have done that a long time ago. So I have this kind of running list of stuff that I, I, I can't get to, you know, in my own mind. And then when I finally get to it, I was like, oh, yeah, I could have let, let that weight off of myself, you know, for the last two months if I'd just done that thing when I needed to do it in the first place. We're always creating these little mental hurdles that don't need to be there. You know? Yeah, you know, you know what I I have sort of like this method that I do, and and I always tell you know the people that I'm working with, they're like, well, what about this and what about that, and how are we going to handle that? I'm like, you know what? Let's just work with what's right in front of us right now, because mm. that's all we can do. We can only do this part. Of it. I know I, I've said it before, where like if I'm intimidated by a certain aspect of a project, I know that all these other pieces have to get done first, so I at least just work on that, and then the answers and the and the intimidation, you know, sorts to 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 do it to fade itself. away. Yeah. Yeah, if it, it fades away. I don't know what's the proper word for fading away when it diminishes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's definitely something. But I remember when I got my Domino too, I got it for, for Christmas. Taylor bought it for me for Christmas and it sat there for a couple of weeks. And then I made this video where I make a mirror frame and I made it specifically to learn how to use the tool. And, and get the tool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and I made a video of it. So when you see that mirror frame video from a few years ago, it's the very first time I used the Fest tool. I might have made like a little example, you know, off camera, but. The project was the first project I used to make something with. Nice. And it's a great project. And then, it's again, we've talked about this before, but the minute you start using a tool like that, you start to think, oh, that's going to be the perfect solve here. Oh, yep. it's going to mm-hmm. be the perfect solve here. And then you start to figure out all these different uses for it once you know it. Yep. Yeah, which I'm hoping will happen with this little teensy thing now that I have you know this tiny little computer. I'm like, oh, okay. Now where can I stick this thing? You know, <laughs> What can I do with it? All right, well, since we were wandering... Today, I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up. We will have a topic next week, guys. We were just kind of last minute traveling, all this stuff. But I think it was actually kind of cool it was to hear fun. what yeah. everybody's talking about. Yeah, yeah. No, this almost didn't happen because you know I was in transit. We, you know, we 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 actually put it off till today, which is the day after we typically would do it. But yeah. uh, I was trying to. I was like nervous to tell you guys I was like still running around Louisville in the hotel. I forgot to bring my microphone with me. I didn't have my headphones. Mm. Was, we're flexible. You're fired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just I fired we were, Jimmy DeResta. <laughs> I thought we would be doing it from my car outside my friend's house who has wireless. That's really what I was planning. I'm like, okay, we'll do it in the car. <laughs> nice. I made it back. Well, thank well, you. Yes. Yeah. 
We'll be we'll be back with the topic next week. And if you have topics that you want to hear us talk about, we have a big list. But if you have anything, you know, send it to us on Twitter at Making It Podcast or at makingitpodcast.com. There's a comments there and you can always email us or whatever. But yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. Thanks for listening. And um yeah, we'll see you next week. Oh, oh wait, before we go. I, I yes. missed it. Where where do we find out about everybody? David. Drunkenwoodworker.com. JimmyDeResta.com. Store coming soon. Has it, shirts, pencils, your new, stickers. Is your new site up yet? Uh, well, the site is up, but we have a, a new link. Uh, well, a link will become active shortly for the store. We're still okay. working out the details. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. All of my stuff is I like to make stuff.com, except for Twitter, which is just I like to make stuff with one F. You know, you can blame Twitter for that. So, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. And Thank we'll you all. See, uh, see you next week. All right. Bye, guys. Later. Bye. Love you.